Hey everyone, welcome back to the Optometry Money Podcast, where I'm helping ODs all over the country make better and better decisions around their money, their careers, and their practices. I am your host, Yvonne Mindrin, certified financial planner and owner of Optometry Wealth Advisors, an independent, no commission financial planning firm just for optometrists nationwide. And on today's episode, we're going to talk all about finding balance in your balance sheet. Do you have the right mix of assets? Last episode, episode 22, which you can find by going to optometrywealth.com forward slash 22, I talked about how to track progress towards financial independence. And I talked about the metric I use to benchmark that, which is your current net worth divided by your annual spending. And that tells you how many years of spending you've built up in net worth. So a question that comes from looking at that next is, how healthy is your net worth? Is there a balance between the type of assets and debts or are we overweight somewhere? First, let's start off with what is a balance sheet? A balance sheet is just a a listing, a documentation of the stuff you own, your assets, and the stuff you owe, your debts. So you create a balance sheet by listing off your different assets and your debts, and then to find your net worth, you subtract out, you take your assets, subtract out your debts, and what's left is your net worth. And I'm going to use those interchangeably, balance sheet, net worth. And if you own a practice, you're hopefully familiar with the balance sheet of your practice, and you can learn a lot by your balance sheet. You can learn about your personality, your priorities, the overall health of your finances, and you can also learn how well prepared you actually are for financial independence uh, to make work optional. In my work, I want to see how balanced your net worth is. Uh, These are part of the financial vital signs, the metrics that I watch to assess the health of your finances, and I track four different categories, four different building blocks of your net worth which are liquid assets, qualified or retirement accounts, real estate equity, and business equity, if you own a business, if you own a practice. And liquid assets are going to be cash, uh, cash-like stuff, taxable investment accounts. Uh, if you've been sold a cash value life insurance policy, I'll consider that, uh, that cash value as part of this liquid bucket. And uh, these are things you can get access to quickly with little to no penalty. Um, Qualified retirement accounts, those are going to be your 401ks, your IRAs, health savings accounts even, uh, cash balance pension plans, real estate equity, that's going to be your house. It could be rental properties. could be a practice location if you own the the practice location. And then business equity is going to be the the equity of your practice. And these are net numbers. So it's, it's, the value of your real estate minus your debts. It's the, it's the net number there. And I want to keep an eye on how much is in each of these categories and how that will change over time. What's driving, really driving the growth of your net worth over time? And how are you going to be positioned as you get closer to the time in your life where work is optional? So why is this important? Well, let's, let's think about an example, an extreme example, but it shows why it's important. Let's say you have a $5 million net worth and you spend $120,000 per year or $10,000 per month. To benchmark how close you are to being financially independent, you can use the score we talked about last week. We can whip that out and we can say, 
your $5 million net worth divided by $120,000 is a score of about 41.7. So meaning you have roughly 41 years of spending built up in your net worth. Just looking at that score and nothing else, like that's phenomenal. That's outstanding. You should feel pretty, pretty secure. But what if all of that $5 million net worth was your primary residence? Uh, an oceanside villa in Laguna Beach. And how prepared are you for retirement? Well, the reality is you're not well prepared at all yet. Uh, Because you're too heavily weighted in one asset, your house, your home. You can't use your home to pay for your living expenses. So you'll need to take action. You'll need to either sell the house and downsize or use debt, pull out some of that equity, use debt to turn that home equity into assets you can use. To use the categories above that we just talked about, you need to turn that real estate equity into liquid assets, to the liquid bucket. So you can actually pay for your lifestyle. On the other hand, if it was all rental properties, $5 million of net worth in rental properties, well, that's potentially a, a totally different story. That's, that same lesson or story goes for a practice owner. If you're a practice owner, let's say your entire net worth is in your practice equity. What kind of optionality do you have when you're getting ready to retire? Well, you're, you're forced into a few options. You're either going to stay with the practice long-term, even at that point in your life, either as a practicing uh, optometrist or just as, as the shareholder CEO, and you're going to try to get as much of the cash flow as you need out of the practice, or you're going to need to sell your shares and hope that you can get the value, the sale value you need to make retirement feasible, which statistically is probably not likely. So the balance that you have in the assets you own and the debts that you owe matters. That balance matters. It matters where you put your cash flow over your career. There is a general trend in how you'll likely build up your net worth over your career. General trend. Uh, earlier on in our careers, you're, you're likely to have more real estate equity than anything else. You know, your house is probably going to be your biggest asset early on in your career, Um If you started a practice, your practice equity is going to be right there, not that far behind. So it's usually starting out, okay, we have have some real estate and and practice equity. They may not be big numbers because it's net, right? So you're going to have a mortgage or, or some practice debt on there. And as you add to your retirement accounts over time, over your career and other investments, Uh, you'll start to see your retirement bucket and liquidity bucket become a larger and larger portion of the mix. Hopefully they will catch up with your uh, real estate and your practice equity. And when you plan to exit your practice, you may have an opportunity to sell your shares. So you're going to turn that business bucket into liquid assets. And that's not always the case. You may very well uh, purchase your practice location. Uh, You may use real estate rentals to, to build your wealth. So there's definitely different paths for each optometrist. But being mindful of of your mix over time, over your career, helps you to be much more prepared and flexible down the road. If given the option, I personally would much would much rather, would much prefer to go into the later phase of my life, into that work optional phase with a lot of liquidity. 
Generally speaking, the more liquid and retirement assets you have, the, the more flexibility you have at that point in your life. And zooming out from just retirement accounts, just your 401k, just your IRAs, zooming out and looking more broadly at the growth of your net worth over time and your mix of these different types of assets, these different categories, it helps you to understand and helps you to answer questions like, um, like how ready are you to be work optional? For example, you might find yourself with a house that makes up a good chunk of your net worth. It's not unheard of. The earlier you see that, the earlier you can plan how, you, how to use that home equity to make your financial independence work. And I know there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in a house. Uh, to me, it's just another asset on the balance sheet. Um, should you be reinvesting more into your practice or distributing profits and using those funds elsewhere? Do you have too much money in only retirement accounts or in only one type of retirement accounts? This is hard to get super overweight on on the, the retirement account side just because there are limits to how much you can put into these accounts. But uh, maybe you've put every dollar of savings, 100% of your savings rate into retirement accounts and you might now have no liquidity or only in a pre-tax account in our are going to be facing uh, one form of taxation later on in your life. Uh, or you might find yourself with a mature practice down the road with consistent extra cash flow, and you're thinking, hey, a cash balance pension plan makes a lot of sense. You can stuff a whole lot more money into that. So maybe that tips you overweight in one direction. Um, another question is, how do you tax planning or shorter-term life and business goals fit into this? Maybe there are other life goals and, and business goals that you need to plan for and build up that liquidity bucket in anticipation for it. Or tax planning. All of these assets have different tax characteristics. And just think about retirement accounts. They impact your taxes now, potentially letting you, if you're using pre-tax accounts, defer paying taxes on income. But they also affect taxes down the road when you're ready to start withdrawing from them. Same thing with rental real estate, really, is... You get a lot of depreciation, so you're deferring taxes on the income that you're generating. And when you're going to sell, you're, that depreciation is going to get re recaptured at higher tax rates. So, so you, you, you can defer, you defer taxes, and it affects your taxes now and down the road. So how does your, your mix of assets impact your tax planning? Uh, how much liquidity do you have in your life? This is a huge one. Liquidity. Having enough cash and other assets that you can get to quickly is so important yet so underrated. And I, I think I can do a whole episode on just having enough liquidity in your life. Nothing brings down financial stress like having enough liquidity at your side. It keeps doors open for opportunities, keeps you ready for opportunities when they come. It turns potential financial emergencies into just inconveniences because you've you've planned for them. You have enough liquidity to, to, to handle it. Um, and not all liquidity is the same. You want to have enough cash in your life, both in your household and if you own a practice, in your practice. But there's a balance because you can have too much cash. It can become a security blanket and not used effectively. But you don't have to talk very much about inflation right now because inflation's on everyone's mind. And we can look at what that does over time to, to your cash. Or you can have a taxable investment account. And given a sizable taxable account like that, um, invested appropriately based on the goal of that account, the goal of those funds. Uh, maybe you don't need as much cash because you you have liquidity elsewhere. 
Lastly, keeping track of your mix can help you be more mindful of how you handle debts. Uh, your your liquid, your retirement and business investments and your your real estate investments, if, if they are rental properties, those are actually likely to drive the growth of your net worth over time. And they need time for compounding growth to kick in. When does it make sense to pay extra to debts like student debt or practice debt versus contribute, invest in those buckets? Uh, does it make sense to pay extra to a mortgage and increase your real estate equity bucket and or at the neglect of those other categories and put off those other categories? It's a careful balance between what's what's mathematically optimal your career and business goals, and your values and uh, around debt and money. Because you want to be cautious about putting too much money into reasonable productive debts at the expense of those other investments that need time to get compounding to get started. So watching the balance in your balance sheet can help you start to make better decisions around, around those questions. Uh, the key is to make decisions with clarity about where you're at, what you have and with intentionality. So being organized with your finances, making intentional decisions and tracking progress as you go. So what are some action items here? As we're talking about getting a good balance in your balance sheet, what are some action items? Well, number one, put your balance sheet together by listing all of your assets and all of your debts. Just get organized. And you can add details like interest rates to the debts and how assets are titled but you can also just start with the basic names of the things and, and the amounts. And if you need somewhere to start, I'll put a, uh, a simple balance sheet spreadsheet for you to download in the show notes. So you can just download that, plug in and, and get started. Um, and then make some initial observations once you've got your balance sheet up. Do you have enough cash and liquidity in your life? Are you putting your cash flow into one category way more than some others? Are there any debts that are higher than reasonable interest rate or, or should you make any changes? Just so start to make some observations and then watch the progress as you go. Looking at how your decisions impact these things over time, uh, it's a long-term game and it may take time to see debts paid off or, or investment returns and then adjust as you go. I'm going to try to, through LinkedIn and other, other things, I'm going to try to Suppose videos as sort of case studies around how I see this. Hopefully, you'll be able to get more and more examples of that. But if you want to look at how I track these and see your own scores around different categories, um, let me know. I'm happy to share my financial planning system. We can just have a conversation around it, no commitment or anything. If you have any questions on anything I talked about today or ideas about future episodes, send me an email at Yvonne, E-V-O-N, at optometrywealth.com. Uh, you can check out the show notes in the education hub on my website, either scrolling down all the way in whatever app you're using or hop over to optometrywealth.com, my website, and you can sign up for uh, my weekly Eyes on the Money newsletter. While you're there, you can also schedule a no commitment introductory call to talk about what's on your mind financially and, and learn about how I help optometrists nationwide proactively monitor and, and plan around their finances. And with that, I want to thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, this content is helpful. Uh, I appreciate any feedback you, you've been providing. Uh, next time, I'll be talking about how to look at the health of your cash flow, kind of continuing this theme of evaluating the health, the different vital signs of your finances. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. 
Want more resources to help master your money? Check out the Education Hub on Yvonne's website at optometrywealth.com. Yvonne Mindrin is a certified financial planner and owner of Optometry Wealth Advisors, a California registered investment advisor. All opinions of Yvonne and his guests are their own. This show is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for specific investment, legal, tax, or other decisions. Clients of OWA may own securities mentioned on this show. 